March is Writer's Month all month long on the Authentic Online Marketing Podcast. Welcome back. And today we're chatting about how to get your copy lean and ripped. I don't know about you, but I struggle with cutting down my verbiage. I'm not so much full of verbal verbosity as I am written verbosity. Anybody else out there like that? I could go on and on and on when my laptop is at my fingertips. But there needs to be a filter, a lens, something to measure how much stays in and how many of these words need to go. (laughs) That's why I'm excited to introduce you to my friend and book marketing coach, Daylene Bickle. Daylene and I got to know one another in Authentic Online Marketing School. And that's when I came to realize her vast knowledge in the book writing and publishing industry. Daylene Bickle is the founder of Lasting Legacies Publishing, LLC, where she serves as a commissioned biographer, book coach, and legacy speaker. She's also the host of Ink and Impact podcast at inkandimpact.com the founder of the Inkwell Collective, a new membership community for Christian writers, and the author of the one-year collection of weekly writing prompts, which yours truly happens to have. You're going to love our interview, so stay tuned and learn all the goodness about how to make your writing lean and ripped. Listen in. Welcome to Authentic Online Marketing with Ruthie Gray. Growing awareness for your blog, podcast, book, or product involves more than dancing to reels and yelling, buy my thing. This show models quality over clamor so you can put your spin on your message and market in a way that feels authentic to you because nobody wants to sound like an infomercial. And now, here's your host, Ruthie Gray. Daylene, I am so excited to share you with my audience. Thank you for coming and creating some time in your busy schedule for us. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We are going to have a fun conversation today, I think. I believe so. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do. You're a book coach, but what does that involve? So book coaching in in general can be divided into two different categories. A lot of people immediately think of book coaching as a writing coach, and that is an integral part of it. I offer that as well, where I kind of serve as your developmental editor, plus hands-on walking you through, you know, you get access to me to ask other questions. It's not just a developmental edit. It's, It's helping you through the mindset processes. A lot of us writers, we get stuck in our mindset a lot of times, whether good or bad. And so it's helpful to have a coach, you know, get you through those and over those hurdles. So that's one aspect of it. And then another aspect is the, especially for self-publishing authors, that's who I um, specifically help are those individuals who want to indie publish. And so especially if they're a first time author, they have no idea what the first step is, let alone the 10th step, right? And so I'm there to guide them through that process. Um, And every author has a different goal, different timelines, different things like that. So I'm able to customize my services to help them create a custom plan for their publishing. So you're basically a guide that helps them believe in themselves Mm -hmm. and kind of guides them, gives them a timeline and then all the little things that we don't know as 
first time authors and right. all of that stuff. As you know, I am working on a book. I, it, I It's not my first time I have released two ebooks, but it has been several years since I've done that. <clears throat> and a lot's changed. Yeah. And this time it's going to actually be a hard copy as well. It does feel like a daunting task and, and quite overwhelming at first. So I am sure that it really helps when they can come to you and and you can just say, okay, this is what you need to do that next and right. so forth. And we're going to talk a little bit about this today, but, you know, a book coach is such a resource too, because a lot of times we don't know who to share our writing with to get honest feedback. And that's also really helpful and tangible. So, you know, that that's another key component to, to using a book coach is they're, they're that safe first set of eyes onto mm-hmm. your writing because they want to make sure that you do well, right? And so whatever they offer back, you know, don't look at it as negative criticism, look at it as helpful, constructive mm-hmm. criticism to further your writing and then guide you through the self-publishing process as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk about how to make your writing lean and ripped, R-I-P-T instead of R-I-P-P-E-D. Right, right. (laughs) And so as a writer myself, I feel like it's especially hard to do because we basically are married to our words. Our words are our lifeline and it's hard to cut and take things away and trim and it's like almost like physically cutting yourself but how can we as writers begin to do this well tell take us through this sure well I want us to kind of think less about the words being our babies right and and not just focus about individual word choice or necessarily word count a lot of times people especially if they're wanting to traditionally publish they're trying to hit a certain word count and they're just writing to hit a word count okay so let's I want to try and flip that switch in our mind to stop focusing necessarily on the words individually, but about what all those words together convey. So the goal isn't just to, you know, inform the reader, you know, throw words on a page, it's to connect with the reader. So the acronym, the RIPT acronym kind of comes from, you know, fitness coaches. You know, I Mm -hmm. I used to be an athlete, so I can kind of relate to this world, right? So Mm -hmm. A fitness coach, they're lean, they're muscular, they're well-defined, right? They're ripped, you know, and, and maybe I'm dating myself with that term. I don't even know if that's a fitness term anymore, but, you know. I think it is. Is it? Well, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to <laughs> give away my age, so that's good. Well, you know, I just want to insert here, I used to be a fitness coach also back in the day about hmm, almost 20 years ago. <laughs> so, that term is near and dear to me. It used to be something that just was very, very important. And now in this stage of life, that is not quite so important as it is in in my writing. So this is seems especially attractive to me. Well, then you'll know that, you know, athletes and fitness coaches, they don't just, you know, work out the upper body and drink protein shakes all day, right? It's all encompassing. They work out their entire body and they eat a variety of healthy foods. Yes, the upper body exercises and the protein shakes serve an important purpose, you know, and a function, but they need to do more than that, right? And that's what we need to do as writers as well. We shouldn't 
just focus on using million dollar words, you know, those big words to impress people like using smorgasbord instead of buffet or just adding fluff for the sake of, you know, meeting that word count. We need to focus on the reader and create a lean book. To me, a lean or rip book catches our reader's attention and keeps them riveted because our stories are well-defined built on a strong thesis if we're writing a nonfiction book or a strong plot if we're writing a fiction book, and they're filled with meaningful content. So successful authors, you know, if you pick up a book and you say, oh, that was really well written, you might not be able to put your finger on why. That's why. They understand the concept of all the words together and they connect with their reader. So how do we do this? Let's break down this acronym. Are you ready for me to share the first one? I am ready. Okay. R. <laughs> All right, great. So R is relatable. When readers can relate to what we're writing, they're going to lean in and want to keep reading. And that's the goal of every writer to have their reader read the whole way to the end. So we can do that by sharing common experiences. My analogy with the fitness coach is one example of that. It's a common experience. I bet whenever I said fitness coach, Everyone listening could immediately envision someone who was you know, muscular and well-built, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do with our writing. We want to use those examples that relate to the audience we're targeting. We don't want to use just some random you know, analogy that we pull from somewhere. We want it to relate to the topic at hand and that will relate to our specific audience. Another way is, again, playing off of these analogies is to use the similes and metaphors, you know, make our writing interesting. Don't just, you know, be just black and white. Let's use some imagery, right? So simile are those things that are as blank as blank, right? So for example, as fast as a horse or jumpy like a rabbit, you know, let's let the reader get involved and just start envisioning things. So that's a simile. A metaphor, if, you know, because I used to always get these confused too. So let me just explain these in case any of the listeners do. (laughs) So the simile is like as fast as or jumpy like, you know, the as or likes. The metaphors are actually saying that something is something, even though we know that's not actually true. So her fingers were ice. Well, we know that her fingers are very cold, right? But we know it's not literally ice, but that's a metaphor. Another one would be like his eyes shot flames, right? All of those kinds of words, those descriptions, those similes, those metaphors really engage the reader's mind and um, in different ways than if we are just telling them rote information, right? And this Mm -hmm. applies to fiction and nonfiction. You know, Ruthie, because you teach this um, with your email course and everything you, and with Instagram captions, you know, stories are what matter. People want to relate to you and understand you. So that holds true in your book as well on a chapter by chapter basis. Right. So don't just try to make your point, Mm -hmm. but really dig in there and and go for the story. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, make sure what we're sharing relates to the topic at hand. If you're jumping from topic to topic to topic within one chapter, it's going to cause the reader confusion and they're going to eventually tune out. So make Mm -hmm. sure that whatever you're sharing has a a thread through it to relate each of the stories that you're sharing. Our listener right now might be thinking, well, how do I know if what I'm writing is relatable? So that's where we want to ask for feedback. 
if you have been, you know, in the writing world for any amount of time, you know, you, you may have heard the term beta readers. And that's why they are so important because these are the, the pre-readers of your book who are going to give you the honest feedback, hopefully, that you're searching for, right? They're going to let you know, hey, that really didn't make sense here. Or what did you mean by that? That's why beta readers are so important. Mm -hmm. So ask your readers, whoever they might be, you can find them in writing groups, or um, like I said, you could hire a book coach or an editor, but whoever it is, you know, ask them for honest feedback. You want it to be done in a kind way, right? You don't want them to be cutting remarks, but you know, right. ask for that honest feedback because you really want that in the end and be receptive to that feedback. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's harder. That's where our babies are involved, right? Um, right. Be, because those are our words and it is, you know, hard to, to share our, and be vulnerable with our, our writing, right. And to just hand it on a platter to someone to read. I understand that, but it's, in the end, going to make your writing so much better when you're willing to receive that constructive criticism and um, take some of those nuggets of advice. I think that's true in just about everything we try to do in life. Mm -hmm. We're trying to grow or as you know, one of the things we do in our mentorship is give feedback Mm -hmm. on bios and content and things like that on Instagram. You have to be able to receive that and yes. implement and, and you've got like eight to 10 opinions going. Right. And so everyone doesn't, I see your point because not everyone is coming at it from the angle you are and you have to flesh it out and make sure that you are expounding on the topic accurately so that other people can understand it. So that's, that's really good. Right. And to your point of having, you know, eight different people, which could be, you know, if you have beta readers, you could have multiple opinions coming back at you. So how do you know what one to go with? So I'm a Christian writer. I believe in taking it to the Lord. You know, Lord, which direction? Should I stay with what I had or should I, you know, go with what the majority are saying? Ultimately, give it to the Lord is my advice there. Good advice. All right. So. The I in ripped is for impactful. So this is an important one for me. Impact. It's so important. That's why I named my podcast the name of it is the Ink and Impact Podcast. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I don't think that we're simply supposed to write a book and just, you know, so we can say we wrote a book. I think that God gives us a story for a specific pur- purpose, and that is to help others and to serve our readers, to make a kingdom impact. When we feel led to write a book, it's not for us to just keep it hidden away. And I know it takes a lot of courage and it takes time and hard work to write a manuscript and create a book. But, you know, I really do believe that God has given it to us for a purpose. And when we share, are willing to share that knowledge that we've acquired and provide what our reader is looking for and needs, that's when we write a book of impact. So let me just touch on, you know, what a reader is looking for and needs, right? Mm -hmm. So a reader is typically looking for one of two things. They're either looking to be educated or they're looking to be entertained. And even better if you can do both at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. 
I think all of us have read, you know, a nonfiction book that, yes, we initially picked it up because we were wanting to learn how to do something, but then we were highly entertained in the process, right? So that is um, one example. It's really a matter of marrying the information you have to provide with what the, the reader needs in a way that they'll be receptive to it. Right, because if they don't receive anything from your writing, if it's just all about you, Mm -hmm. then that's not going to do you any favors and it's not going to do them any favors. No, exactly. You know, I I like to use the example of historical fiction because I'm a fan of it for one thing. Oh, me too. So when I pick up a historical fiction book, I'm obviously picking it up to be entertained, right? To be transported back, right? To time. Mm -hmm. But in that, I also expect that the the historical framework around that book is going to be accurate. I'm going to expect, you know, to learn about actual events and the cultural norms of that time period. So that, Mm -hmm. that marries the two. Any questions on that one before I move on? No, that makes perfect sense to me. But I do want to say that historical fiction is my very favorite kind of fiction, too. Mine, too. I I rarely read anything modern day. I just mostly World War II stuff and earlier. (laughs) Same, same here. I love World War II. All right. So P is for personable. Most of us have a favorite author or two, and they've probably written more than one book and maybe even in different genres. But chances are, if you were to pick up one of their books and didn't see their name on the cover, you'd still know it was their book. Why or how? It's because of what we know in the writing world as voice. And Ruthie, I know you are a big proponent of voice. Mm-hmm. Um, having come through your email marketing class, that was, I mean, you are all about voice and I love that. Yes, yes. So if we can learn from you for Instagram on those captions and in our emails, then we just continue that in our book form. Okay. It's just taking those building blocks and just expanding on them a little bit. A, a chapter is just a little bit longer than an email, right? So... <laughs> We're thinking positively here. Yes, um, you are encouraging us. I'm right an optimist. Now. <laughs> yes. No, but seriously, you know, those chapters are just built on stories. Mm-hmm. And so to discover our writing voice, you and I have both proclaimed this for years, Ruthie, is to write as you speak. You know, mm-hmm. if, if so few of us say cannot anymore, we say can't, we can't do this, right? So use those contractions. Go ahead and, you know, just write those out. We're not in high school English anymore. We're not being forced to write things out formally. In fact, unless you are writing an article for a medical journal or a legal brief, don't be formal. No one likes it anymore. Really? I mean, Mm -hmm. I still appreciate like older novels like um, Agatha Christie and that kind of thing, but that's more formal, right? It takes Mm -hmm. me a while to get back into the rhythm of that because I've been out of it for so long. So know your audience, but I'm going to say about 90% of today's audience is looking for just for you to write as you speak. Mm -hmm. Relatable. And that is freeing. I think I find it freeing as a writer. It is. It is. And so use the words you commonly use in real life. You know, don't try to necessarily fit the mold. I, for one, am originally from Northwest Pennsylvania. I grew up always calling it pop, not soda, not soda pop, not cola. It was pop. (laughs) So, you know, that's how I'm going to write about it. So own who you are in your writing and in your choice of words. And I love this one. This is probably my favorite one so far. (laughs) Well, good, good. And the other point I want to make about writing as you speak is just, you know, be engaging. 
just allow your personality to shine. You're so good about that with your emails and, and everything, Ruthie, with your 70s lingo, because that's just the part of, you know, you grew up then, that's what you enjoy. You let that shine through. And, and we, in turn, as readers, we love it and we gravitate to it. And we know exactly who it's coming from. Even if we didn't see your, you know, who it was coming from in the email, we knew it would be you because of how you write those emails. So, And I think that we we make that a lot harder when we're trying to find our writer's voice, then mm. it has to be mm. because if you just look at what we normally naturally, how we talk and the phrases that we use and the era that we grew up in or the era that we love, it's just a matter of putting those pieces together. And I think we over um, analyze things. You know, we're trying to think of our reader, you know, put the reader first. And, and I've said that too. but the reader will come alongside of you if they see who you really are. They will be attracted to you and will continue to read. So, you know, don't try to be someone you're not just to sell a book or to write a book. Now, of course, everything can be taken to the extreme. So I want to caution against that. So on the flip side, if you tend to be verbose in real life, don't be as a writer, okay? Get to the point. A few great details are great, but a ton of fluff is not. Okay. Don't ramble. Also, similarly, but but different is don't belabor a point. So especially if you're writing nonfiction and you're trying to make a, a, a key argument, you're going to want to, of course, repeat a, a key point, but you're going to do it, you know, rephrase it differently. Like say you're going to repeat it again in the same chapter. You're going to rephrase it differently. You're not going to say it exactly the same way. What people might not understand, what writers might not understand is when you frequently just say the same thing over, you know, just keep hounding that point, mm -hmm. it can come across, <clears throat> excuse me, as condescending to the reader as if you mm -hmm. don't think they're smart enough to figure this out, right? The first time, oh yeah, I've got to explain it, explain it, explain it. So that's really a turnoff to readers if you're constantly repeating yourself. We don't want to make it come across as condescending, but alternately, it might come across as reflecting insecurity in your part as the writer. Are you repeating this so much because you don't understand it or because you're trying to, you know, get yourself to believe it? So you might consider that as well. So, yes, it's good to re repeat a couple of points, you know, but just don't overdo it. So does that Got make it. sense? Yes, for sure. All right. We're down to our final part of the acronym, which is T for transparent. So. We want to show the good and the bad of the topic. So point out the pros and cons, right? Mm -hmm. Of in a nonfiction book, whatever you're talking about, show the pros and the cons. If it's in a fiction book, that primary character, the lead character, they need to have some flaws too. There have mm -hmm. to be good and bad to make it realistic. And also show both the good and the bad of your experience. So we've already talked about how you want to be relatable and share an experience that you've had. Share, you don't want to go into too much information, right? You know, don't want to do the TMI, but be honest and share that, yes, you did struggle with this before you achieved XYZ, right? Mm -hmm. Let them know that it's not all roses and rainbows right? That right. there are challenges. So share your personal transformation story about your topic. It encourages the reader to see that there's hope that they can overcome it too. I believe that we're all looking for hope, right? Mm -hmm. So offer a reminder that negative situations won't last forever. And if you're a Christian writer, point the reader to the source of true hope, 
right? That can be as simple as sharing a Bible verse or, you know, sharing, again, your personal testimony. Again, you don't want to hit them over the head with it or anything like that, but it is an opportunity to share some truth and hope. Mm-hmm. I've often spoken with some writers and I'm like, well, how am I going to inspire others if I haven't had, you know, I haven't overcome some major life challenge or experience, right? And I encourage them by saying, you know, it's not necessary to have overcome something really challenging. Again, be yourself. Are you an optimist? You know, that can be encouraging to someone, right? Just your positivity. Maybe you're adventurous. Let that come through in, in your writing. Um, and one of my former clients, biography clients, he decided to go skydiving for the first time at the age of 70. And now he has plans to do so at, for his 90th birthday again. So, I mean, <laughs> I know it's just, that's encouraging to me and inspiring. And so just sharing the those type of bits of your personality can do the same for your reader as well. So that in a nutshell wraps up the RIPT acronym. So again, it's R relatable, I is impactful, P is personable, and T is transparent. So, I think uh, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of people naturally gravitate towards the first three, but kind of leave off the last one. Mm. That is that common? I feel like, you know, with the people that I work with, I'm trying to get them to show their true selves on Instagram and mm-hmm. be authentic. But a lot of times they just want to present themselves as not, they don't realize that they're trying to present themselves as someone that has it all together mm-hmm. um, and they have the answer or they have the book or they have the podcast and they forget that people want to connect with a real person who has real flaws mm-hmm. and just a real possibly a fun personality or you know struggles with some things so mm-hmm. I especially love that last one too yeah yeah and I want to encourage listeners to to not be overwhelmed and think oh my word how am I going to do all four of these you know this just seems out of the realm of possibility and I just want to encourage you they're not all to be applied all at once or even all at the beginning you know going back to the the personal trainer you know they didn't start out buff and ripped, right? They had to start from where they were at and slowly implement new exercises to further stretch those muscles. And, you know, they went, they expanded as they grew, right? Mm-hmm. And the same is with our writing. Write that messy first draft. Just get it out there. Don't worry about all this right now. Save that for after that first draft is written. And then go back, you know, and incorporate more of your voice and personality. Just do that part. And then after that's done, go back and look at where you can now condense and cut. You know, you have to have something on the page before you can condense and cut and make it lean. Does that make sense? That makes complete and perfect sense. We kind of teach that in uh, uh, the email portion of (laughs) Authentic Online Marketing School. Just get it out there. Don't just stare at a blank page, just write something and then you can edit later. That's right. That is all very encouraging, Daylene. So just know that everyone started somewhere mm-hmm. and just start writing and then you can edit later. That's right. Daylene, tell us a little bit quickly about your services and where people can connect with you online. 
I would love to. So anyone who is interested in connecting with me online, I am primarily on over on Instagram. Surprise, surprise. Um, you can find me there at Daylene Bickle. That's my handle. And then I am on a lesser amount on Facebook and that's at Daylene Bickle Author. And I'm also over on LinkedIn at Daylene Bickle. As far as my services, I would love for people to um, check out the podcast. It's a Christian-oriented writing podcast. And so if, you, if you're an aspiring author, if you're an established author, if you're traditionally published or indie published, I cover it all. And my goal is to encourage and inspire and equip and embolden Christian writers to to step out with their story and you know just share that that message that important message that God has given them and I also you know I try to keep it well I'm a bit of a nerd as far as the book industry goes I love to keep track on all of the industry trends and things so I always share that on the podcast episodes as well and let people know what's going on in the industry so that they can you know promote better market better sell more books that all plays into it that's why we're writing right to ultimately sell those books too super informative and you'll definitely want to check out Daylene's Inc and Impact podcast. Daylene, I just love your kind of warm, gentle, nurturing personality. We could do this. <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. Absolutely. It it just is a matter of putting the pen to paper or sitting in front of that keyboard and just start pecking away. Mm-hmm. And implement the ripped method after you get that first draft done. Yes. Okay. yes. okay. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us, Daylene. And I'm sure that we will talk again soon. Yes, we will. Thank you for having me. 